The Money Show. Consumer Ninja. Hello, Consumer Ninja. Wendy Nola, how are you doing? Hello, Ray. I'm doing well. How are you? No, not too bad. Not too bad. I believe you ran up the stairs to uh, get your Skype going. So we'll let you catch your breath a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so we'll let you catch your breath. You got me on earlier than usual. and You caught me. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was planning for 20 past, but all good. I'm all ready to go. You're in demand, I tell you. Now, car and home insurance <laughs> getting pricier. But we know these things. But getting pricier, is it because it's just inflation and it's a new year? Or is it something else? Well, I actually had reason to look into that. Uh, last week, somebody tweeted an, a Discovery Insure client. It was furious. She said, I haven't claimed in the last year, but um, Discovery has just in informed me that my premium is going up by 30%. And I thought, well, that's a bit weird if she hasn't claimed in the last year. So I raised it with the company, with the insurer, and I got a very interesting, illuminating response from Discovery Insurer's head of marketing and uh, technical, Precious Nduli. And she said, the pandemic uh, continues to affect all sorts of things, the supply of vehicles, vehicle parts, and paint. So paint prices have, have apparently gone up by 9% uh, since last year. Since I, This was actually, the response was sent to me kind of the last day or two of 2021. So she's referring to 2020 there. Uh, at the same time, the world's experiencing a severe shortage of semiconductors. We know this and microchips used in the production of vehicles. On top of that, constraints in shipping and global transportation have resulted in an escalation in the cost and time to procure replacement parts. So this is obviously when you, if you have a car crash, um, the cost of getting your car back into its original condition is affected by that. And according to the Drury World Container Index, global shipping costs have increased by 170% since 2020. Wow. So says in, in, um, as an insurer that's reliant on these factors, we've experienced this impact firsthand, resulting in a sharp escalation in both vehicle repair costs and the cost of total losses such as write-offs and thefts. And so these, these costs have apparently far outplaced inflation at our 9% higher in the last six months. So that would be June to December 2021. Um, and then home contest in, contents, interestingly, um, we, we've got the good old load shedding to thank uh, because when, you know, as, as many people have experienced, when the power is on and off continuously, when it comes back on, there's often a power surge that then takes out a lot of appliances. So those um, uh, uh, claims. Um, mm. There were 37% more hours of load shedding in 2021 than 2020. That fascinated me, but we all lived yeah. through that, so we kind of know it. But that resulted in a 23% increase in power surge claims. I mean, just wrap your head around that. Um, and so all those things considered, um, what Discovery Insure did was apply a once-off increase to some clients' premiums. And here's the interesting part that relates back to the woman who said, but I haven't claimed in 2021. Why should I have a 30% increase? Our said Discovery Insure, they looked at the high loss ratio, they looked at the claims loss ratio over the past three years. Okay. And this yeah. woman's uh, three-year loss ratio was 159%, meaning the amount she claimed 
uh, was exceeded uh, exceeded what she paid in premiums by 59% over 2018, 2019, and 2020, and that included a huge power surge claim um, in 2020. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So, all those people, they looked at the last three years. They did a lot of discovery insure clients. So they didn't just look at 2021. They looked at uh, the, the th- three previous years and, and they decided they were going to hit those customers to be fair and, um, and impose these very high increases. But that's wrong. So I thought, let me see what my insurer has done. No, yeah. but I mean, that, I that's crazy. I mean, come on. It's like, let's change the rules because all of a sudden you're claiming. Well, yeah, but that's how it works, I suppose. I mean, if you happen to have a lot of heavy claims and we all, you know, it's none of our faults. Life happens. Um, so you feel, I mean, that client was already like, I'm going somewhere else, but you'll have to declare the claims in the previous years and that will count against you. That will mean a higher premium. So she might be going from the frying pan into the fire. I don't mm. know, but I thought, well, let me have a look and see what my insurer has done. Uh, with my increase, it's gone up a, f- a few hundred rand. I've got quite a lot on my policy. And they said what they've done um, mainly, that's a sort of expected increase, but what they've done to kind of um, account for the fact that there are these this, this huge um, spike in uh, power surge-related claims related to load shedding, they've just increased the excesses on those power surge claims. So I think that's quite a Quite a good way to go about it, I suppose, mm. rather than just imposing across the board. So my thing is to listeners, if you have um, a house content insurance, go back to that email that you might have missed in November or early December, probably late November, that tells you what your new premium is going to be and why and how how this is impacting on how what we're living through now with load shedding and also with the car insurance, with the increased costs there of repairs and shipping and paint and all the rest. Have a look at at, at uh, how it's impacting. And then I must say, on top of it all, always contest it. Always push back. Um, after I do this every year, my work makes me sort of very alive to these issues. Push back, um, especially if you haven't claimed for the last year or two. And just, you know, it, it, it almost always you will get, um, a, you know, a little bit slashed off your premium and every little bit helps, as we know, with the petrol price have got recently gone up, etc. although it's going to go down again uh, here. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, always contest your increase. Um, don't just accept it. Have a conversation. Um, and um, in most cases, if you, as I say, if you, if you haven't claimed, it will be reduced. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because why is it we have to get the consumer ninja on? We have to contest. We have to fight back. Is it sort of the, the nature of insurers <laughs> to go, all right, let's go and hit Wendy with this because nothing will happen? And most people just accept it, don't they? I think so. And you know what? what's really interesting Ray, and I was caught by this, I mean, years into my consumer journalism career, embarrassingly. Um, if you, if you've been with one insurer for a very long time, um, it, you're almost certainly overpaying. Your premium is almost certainly not market related. So you are uh, subsidizing those lovely, enticing low premiums that they are offering new clients, right? So, it really, you re, if you've been with the, it's the same insurer for 5, 10, 15 plus years, I'm telling you now, you need to make a few calls, get some like for like, and I stress like for like, uh, comparison quotes, and then either go to your insurer and say, hey, I'm paying far too much, reduce it now, 
Um, and if they won't, mm. then then move to another. But as I say, make sure it's like for like. But but loyalty does not pay when it comes to uh, car and home insurance. Uh, that I know for sure. So sure. Okay. Um, you, if you if you're unquestioning, you're going to be overpaying and subsidising what they're offering the new clients, which is really doesn't sit well with with most people. When well, everybody who finds out, um, it happened to me. I found out, and they offered to cut it, slash it dramatically, even undercut what I was offered by a competitor. And I said no. I, I don't feel nice about you anymore. <laughs> I'm not staying with you and I switched. Yeah. So but you would think um, though, Wendy, yeah, that you have to question. You, you you would think though that you would question and then you would say, I'm I'm sort of I'm leaving. Are insurance companies saying, Please don't leave us, let's renegotiate? Or is it just tough tacky on you go? You know what? It depends on the your claims ratio, basically. If you've been paying dutifully every month and had little to no claims, they really don't want you to go. They'll fight for you. They'll, they'll slash your, your premium. If, however, you have a high claims loss ratio, they'll be quite happy to see you go. It's all about that, really, and which is sad because life happens and we don't ask for someone to re-end us or our TV to explode or whatever, whatever. but that's how it works. It's economics. So they look at what you've paid in premiums versus what you've claimed. Um, and if they, if it's sort of half half, or they've paid you out more than you've, than you've paid them in premiums, as I say, they're very happy to see you go. So, what happens then, Wendy, if you want to your insurance claim you've made, and they've said, "Sorry, it's been too many power surges, or it's been three within three years, you've done A, B, and C." Where do you take it then? Where do you argue if, uh, if eventually that insurance company just shuts you down? That's a that's a very good question. They they are entitled to, to offload you, um, and I've had I've heard from so many uh, consumers over the years that that's happened to, and and it's a really awful awful thing to happen, Ray, because you then have to disclose that to your next when you when you try and find um, alternative cover, and then that insurer is mostly not inclined to take you on, or they take you on with very high premium and or very high excesses. Um, and in my experience, the only thing that saved the day for those people, because it's a scary thing to be without insurance in South Africa, is that some really excellent broker, because when I've publicized these cases, an excellent broker will come along and say, you know what, um, I'm going to find them cover and it's not going to, you know, they're going to be able to afford it. Mm. And that's where the really great brokers come in. But it's it's a terrible, terrible thing for the for the broker for the insurer rather to to um, send that letter saying, "Sorry, um, we're breaking up with you. Off you go." <laughs> um, and they do and they do that when you're costing them too much. Um, they don't like it. They want you to pay the premium and not claim ever, or you know, just small little claims. When you start costing them more than you're paying them, uh, in in many cases, they just say, "Ta ta, off you go." Um, it, it's it's dreadful. It is really dreadful, Absolutely. but it's economics. It boils down to that. Yeah, you know, you're actually quite right because you think the the insurance company would want to keep you if you're paying, say, two thousand rand a month, and they think, oh, cool, over twelve months is twenty four thousand. We'll get our money back. But I suppose if you are claiming more than that, they're going to say, right, it is time for a divorce. So, Wendy, let's take some voice note messages. 
Evening, Ray. Um, just listening to your discussion with the Consumer Ninja, one of my favorites on 702, um, and wanted to let you know I recently took out a bond to buy a new home, and um, when negotiating the insurance with the bank for the home insurance, the mere mention that I'd already had another quote, they halved the cost of the premium. So not only push back, wow. but even when you get a price from an insurance company, simply tell them you've got a better price whether you do or don't, and they're probably going to drop their premium. This was an instant response on the phone immediately and i saved i think two or three hundred rand on the cost of the premium thanks there you go so you just have to be a little bit aggressive Excellent in what advice. You do. yes so that's not home contents that's the, the 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 homeowner's insurance which covers everything that remains if you had to imagine imagine picking up the house and and turning it upside down everything that doesn't fall out as homeowners so it would cover you know a, a collapsed boundary wall or you know, even the the pool pump uh, packing up and that kind of thing. It's not actually the contents, but yes, um, I tried to do that actually. I thought I must be rip, ripped off by the by the bank insurer that uh, you know that my bond with this bank and they have this, an insurance arm. But when I phoned around, I only got more expensive quotes. So I thought, oh, okay, and I stuck with them. Ironically, I had that experience. So it can happen that way as well. But always excellent, excellent co- a, a point. Always. Um, phone around and make sure that you're not being ripped off. How competitive are insurance companies? I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about the Competition Commission here going to investigate if there's collusion, but I'm sure they do look at each other and have similar policies, similar tariffs, so that they, they, don't, they don't undercut each other. Yeah, they, they certainly do, and it's all... I mean, it's all about risk, right? Um, so they all—it's all down to the actuaries who will, for example, um, charge you. If we were the same age, uh, they would charge you a higher premium than they would charge me because you're male, and we all know males drive more recklessly. And that, of course, but that's the that's the statistical stuff, right? You might be, you might be a plotter, and I know for sure that I'm quite an assertive driver, but I get the benefit of the actuarial science saying that middle-aged uh, women, uh, you know, are, are, are quite low risk. So they, they all work off that basic um, kind of risk, risk science, risk, risk statistics. God, don't say that in a hurry. Um, <laughs> but, um, yes, they, then competition comes into it. Um, and as I say, um, they like to entice the new clients with excellent rates, but what's funding the ability to do that is the loyal, the old loyal faithfuls who aren't questioning their premiums after 5, 10, 15 years and actually are paying more than they would if they had to cancel and then take out insurance with another, with a competitor. Or if they had to say to their competitor, actually, I phoned around and these are the quotes that I've got and um, I think uh, you need to reconsider my, my premium. So, I mean, the bottom line in all of this, Ray, is that you you, you really just – have to question, contest, um, especially if look if you've had a lot of claims, you you are you quite a, you're coming off quite a low base, and you you don't have a lot of um, ammunition to argue for a lower premium. But if you've have have had little to to no claims in the last year, two, three, um, especially over a three year period, if you've got this um, really good record, then by all means negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. Yeah. 
Interesting SMS here. It asks, which new insurers should you trust? And it's a good question because you get so many new companies on the market and you think to yourself, wow, that seems good. Their premiums are so low. But you worry that when the come times to claim, they won't be as effective. You won't get that, that kind of service that you know you're going to get. So how can you then trust an insurer? Okay, well, I'm certainly not going to mention any names uh, that would be construed as an endorsement. Um, but something that I always um, encourage people to do is go on to the ombuds, uh, the short term insurance ombudsman's website and go and look at this claim statistics. You find them um, under included in their annual report, which they publish every year. So the most recent one would be 2020, actually, because they'll only release the 2021 ones in sort of March or so. And those statistics are very revealing because it will tell you, um, you know, what percentage of each insurer's clients lodged a complaint to the Ombuds. And it will also tell you what percentage were overturned. So that will tell you that um, the the adjudicators for the Imbus office um, investigated the case and found that the insurer um, made a wrong decision to not pay a claim and then overturn it and then the insurer will pay it. So there's a, there's a wealth of opportunity there that, you know, the adverts will tell you one thing, but the, what you really want to know, as you say, the real test of the relationship is what happens at claims time. Um, so that's that. Those statistics are rock solid. They, they, the insurers have to provide them to the Financial uh, Services Conduct Authority, the FSCA, um, and so there's that. And then just you know, go onto the Hello Peters of the world and have a look if you whatever insurer you're interested in, um, and have a look at some of the things that actual clients are saying. Um, as the ombud will tell you, I mean, I think they something like. Um, around 70% of the complaints they get, they actually rule in, in favor of the insurer. So the client doesn't have a valid complaint. The, 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 the repudiation was was justified. But um, so you've got to take that into account. Some people are mouthing off when they don't actually have a valid case. But it will give you some – it's not just about the claim. It's also about the service, you know, how quickly they respond, how accessible they are, and that sort of thing. So um, – there is a wealth of information out there if you know where to look and you're willing to spend the time doing a little investigation of your own. And then there's an anecdotal ev- uh, stories uh, from, from you know, our, we each have our own networks. But as you say, it's, a, it's what you really want is information around what happened at claims time. Yeah, yeah. As an SMS here, a WhatsApp note says, absolutely normal for insurers to review claims history of customers over previous three to five years. There's a very strong correlation between frequent claims and lack of care diligence by the client. Most insurers continually review this data and actively try to exit high claims and therefore high-risk customers by increasing their premiums so that they switch insurers they can do that can't they they can just pour on the gas and say right wendy we've seen that uh, you aren't driving like ray's been driving so therefore you've claimed a lot we're going to increase you by another thousand rand they can do that can't they they absolutely can and and i'm happy for that because i should have mentioned this earlier when you're talking about insurers offloading clients so my advice always is if you've had a run of bad luck and you've had quite a few claims especially big ones they don't really agitate too much if they're all quite small but once you get one or two big ones they you know the red flag goes up for them and i always say jump 
before you're pushed. So at that point, look for alternative insurance cover because it's going to be far easier, even if you have to pay a slightly higher premium, which you will because they'll ask for your history, your claims history. But the worst case scenario is if they offload you and then you're really on the back foot and um, it, you know, you'll struggle to find uh, alternative cover. And when you do find it, it'll be really much more expensive than it would have been if you had um, cancelled your policy and, and um, then, you know, chosen, you know, you are then on the front foot. You're then choosing to look for alternative cover rather than, you know, suddenly being offloaded and, mm. and being forced to, to do it. That's so interesting. I mean, insurers, the insurers, they've moved to the times, haven't they? Talking about power surges, I suppose COVID's going to come into this somewhere too at some point because I suppose they have to adapt. Yeah, well, interestingly, Sunlam uh, releases a barometer, I think it's every October. And this last year, 2021, one was so interesting because it was mainly looking at 2020. Um, and uh, they were having a lot more geezer claims, a lot more home appliance claims because so many of us were now working from home and working our, <laughs> our home <laughs> appliances a lot more than before. And and also, you know, using um, uh, our laptops and computers as well, um, buying them and, and using them more at home. So um, those claims also rose steeply. And some sorry if I said Sunlam, Santam made the point mm. in October that they saw that um, many people and, and corporates had all these people suddenly working from home and didn't invest enough in data protection and take out extra cover for that, which they should have been doing because you now have all these people without the protection of your large, you know, your IT department with all the necessary um, securities, etc. Um, I'm sure people have upped their game on that now, but it was a very interesting observation. Um, and I think, yeah, a very valid point, the COVID-related lockdowns and work from home, which is now, even without lockdowns, has now become the norm for so many people, um, has seen a, um, a spike in um, in your in your home contents claims as well, just because yeah. we're putting more pressure, there's more people in the house more of the time. So yeah, um, this whole we started off talking about you know the knock knock on impact of COVID, and this whole conversation really does uh, tie in, into that in one way or another. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the knock on effect is going to be with us for many years. Sure. Interesting discussion tonight, Consumer Ninja, Wendy Nola. Thank you so much for chatting to us on The Money Show. Always good to chat to you. There we go. That's Wendy Nola. Thank you so much, Ray. <laughs>